Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Such an honor to be here. We got to talking. You know, I, I, what people don't understand, I, I, I fly in and I fly out. I don't care if I'm in California. I, I, I fly back to New Orleans. But last night we stayed over and I slept about three hours last night and all that kind of stuff. And the Lord was dealing with me about some different things. And, uh, and I had such a wonderful time and sitting there with everybody eating and things of that nature. And uh, it was a blessing. I said, my, I got I to gotta apologize to Nancy because they kept asking me questions. And man, we went from God to the mafia. Yeah. <laughs> it was wow. And, uh, and I, I, I can actually, I, I realized last night how much I miss. I travel so much, I'm gone all the time and running, you know, and, um, but I sure enjoyed the fellowship with you people that were at our table and everything of that nature. It was just fun. And I, and I talked to my daughter this morning and she said, Hey dad, sound like you're having fun. I said, I am. I bless it. You know, she, she said, would you do me a favor, dad? And I didn't know what she was going to say. She didn't say that yet this morning, but she said, don't die. Dad, don't die. I said, well, I'm not planning on it. I said, but uh, if Jesus tarries, you're going to die too. I said, never be afraid. I said, I said, but you know, let's just believe for Jesus to come in our lifetime. So I told him, man, he said, well, that ain't, he ain't coming in our lifetime. I said, then you're going to die. Enjoy your death. But I, I want to go out on that first load, you know. God is good. And I, I like to honor my wife because she's she been with me for 53, going on 54 years. So Nancy, if you don't mind, if you can give her that microphone, I'd like her to come up. Come on, Kat. Come up and say something here. This is Catherine. Catherine. Carrere Duplantis. Carrere Duplantis. <laughs> Such a blessing to be with all of you. And it's true, we don't often get the time to fellowship like we did. And last night, it was so wonderful and so rich. And so I, my heart was going out to all the people that I know y'all been hitting it every day. So I'm trying to hint to him, but he just was in his element, loving, telling all those stories, which I have heard so many times. <laughs> and I thought, you know, Nancy's heard that one before, but you know, if she's like me, I've heard him more than anybody and I still love hearing him. I still laugh along. He doesn't pay me to laugh for it. <laughs> well, not directly. That's gonna cost you. No, I'm kidding. But we have fun. We love the Lord. We love ministering. We love, I love it when I can go with him and see how God is moving in so many places. And this year coming up in 2024, we have many international trips planned. We're so thankful that God has given us the tool to do that. And, and like Nancy was saying, it did not come overnight, no. but it, it came. But it had to start somewhere. It had to start with our believing. It had to start with divine connections when we connected with other people of like precious faith. You know, in the early days, when we first started believing for the big things, we couldn't share it with so many people, with hardly anybody, actually. Most people we would go to and tell them that we were going to believe for a plane, they'd roll their eyes or they'd jerk, you know, they'd do their thing. And, but I remember the time that we connected with somebody of like precious faith that said, yeah, you can do that. We actually connected with the Copelands and Jesse flew airline for, nine, for the first 18 years of ministry. I watched him, drove him to the airport, picked him up. 
uh, all those years, going to all these places and wearing himself out. But he, God kept re giving him new energy, so it was wonderful. But we knew where God was taking us, and so I remember we connected with the Copelands, and they said, why don't you come to our ministry? We'll open up every door, go sit with any department you want to. That was really eye-opening for us. I always was the editor of the magazine, so I look forward to meeting with Missy, who was Gloria's sister, who was over marketing at the time and over the magazine. She says, you know, I've been looking at y'all's schedule. And I've noticed how busy you are. Jesse, y'all really need an airplane. Now, we, we had been believing for that, oh, I don't know, maybe 10 years by that time. And uh, so, but we had this little answer, and we thought it sounded so religious. And we said, well, yes, we know that's true, but every bit of income that we're, we're getting extra, we're buying airtime because we were on TV maybe five or six years by that time. I don't know the exact timing, but... And she just stared at us. You know, we thought it was a holy, righteous thing to say. <laughs> we encountered somebody who knew the word of God and, and, and who had been around and had been taught uh, uh, by, the, by Gloria and Kenneth, of course. And she says, well, why don't you just do both? And, you know, nobody had ever told us, why don't you just do both? Most everybody else we shared our vision with rolled their eyes and shrugged and just, you know, you can tell the, when it bounced back. That's why meetings like this are so important. When you connect with people of like precious faith that get it, you don't have to explain it to somebody. It reminds me of a, jo a blonde joke. <laughs> Y'all ready for a blonde joke? <laughs> this blonde joke I heard, well, these two blonde jokes, these blonde girls were walking along the side of the riverbank. One was on each side, and, and they started visiting and talking back and forth. And so one of them says, after a while, you know, she's thinking, I'd like to get close to this girl. Maybe I'd instead of shouting across the river, let's just, let me cross over to the other, let's find another way across. And she says to the other girl, how do you get to the other side? And the blonde girl says, you're already on the other side. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to realize when you've been walking with people that don't get it and start changing your company. Hallelujah. Because we're all going somewhere and we're not going to get where we're going to, God wants us to go if we surround ourselves with small-minded people. We need to get pushed and stretched and, and go up to that higher place because there's so much more we have to do. Amen? Amen. So I remember that day when Missy said, why don't you just do both? It's like the light bulb went on. It's actually not a light bulb. Stadium lights went on. And we, Jess and I, both looked at each other, and it wasn't long, wasn't even a year, I think, till all that started falling well, into place. We, we were letting people's opinions dictate to us and not what God was saying. And not just that, our perceived opinion that they would have. So it limited us from the sharing. Sometimes just sharing it needed to stretch them. And we didn't matter what they looked like, but they started thinking, well, he's believing for that. Why don't I believe for that? Yeah. So I think that's part of why God has called us to stretch and believe for big is because other people need to realize, yeah, your dream can be accomplished too. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Well, we're so glad that we're here today. We love Nancy. We love y'all so much, Morgan and Stephen. And I haven't got to meet your other son, so... Grant, but uh, and your children, but we just love this place, and we thank God that there's a place where the Spirit of God can move unhindered, and we love being with y'all, and it's been a, a true joy. God bless you. That's my wife, Kathy. Give her a hand clap. You know, I, I, I was raised very poor, and I wasn't ashamed of that. You know, mom and dad did the best they could. Me and my brother would sleep on the floor in an eight-foot-wide, 32-foot trailer. That's a camper. 
we sleep on the floor. I didn't care. I still like sleeping on the floor. I really do. I mean, it's just amazing. I got Kathy come find me laying on the floor. She, what are you doing? I said, laying on the floor. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and as a very young, young man, I began to make a lot of money in the rock world. I was on the <clears throat> same circuit as Led Zeppelin and, you know, girls screaming and I mean screaming. <laughs> and young people, that's your grandma doing that. <laughs> your grandma was screaming. And money was the most disappointing thing of my life. I thought, well, if I could just get enough money, you know, as a kid growing up, I'd get anything I want. Well, I hit 20 years old, 2021, 20, and I'm knocking down money. And I remember I could do anything I want. And we were in Dallas. And the bed was full of money. Plus money in the bank. I mean, it was just money. And I asked Kathy, how come I'm not happy? I was so disappointed. Money don't make you happy. But it make you comfortable while you're miserable. <laughs> just, just want you to know that. It, it makes you comfortable while you're miserable. You know? That's a good statement. Write that down. I'll help you. <laughs> and I thought, I've I just been thinking wrong. Of course, when I got born again, not knowing anything about other than the Holy Roman Catholic Church. They take a vow of poverty. So I told Kathy, we got to give all our money away. Now, the church didn't want me because my hair was still a little long. And I had that flair. But they sure took that money. <laughs> and I thought, well, Kathy, we're we going to be a Christian. And we were happy. I didn't know anything about sowing and reaping. I was always generous as a, as, a, as, a, as a sinner, but I never thought of it as so in reaping. I said, maybe you want something like that, you know, whatever. I gave a pastor one time $8,000 in cash, pulled it out of my pocket, and with a Levi jacket and a ball of money, he just looking at me. And I said, you don't buy drugs with a check. <laughs> it's true. He took the money. And that's okay with me. But I had my Abraham moment. And we gave away our money. The first one was a lot of money. That was the easy part. Because we were sick of the world. The second one, got a job. I'll say this, then I'll get it. Stay right there, Roy. I'll be with you in a minute. Uh, and the Lord, you know, I got a regular job. Mortgage the house. Finance the car like normal people. And the Lord spoke to me. He said, give me all your money. Now, I didn't say this, but I thought it. Oh, man. Now, I'm going to pay for this house note. I'm going to pay this car note. But I never said it. See, take no thought saying. See, thoughts, when you say them, they become yours. So I said, okay. I walked in and I said, Kathy, the Lord just spoke to us. Let's give us all the money. Let's do it. So we did. Now, when I say that, I mean going to your, uh, your daughter's piggy bank, taking out the little thing at the bottom and giving the quarters. We had zero. I said, now, Kathy, the only way we can go is up because this is as low and financially every dime. 
And I walked back outside the house. I felt the Lord told me, I felt the Lord say this. And I had my Abraham moment. He gave me, he said it in King James. Because thou hast done this and not withheld from me. I'm going to bless you beyond your wildest dreams. I didn't think about money. I would have thought about that when I was a sinner. The money wasn't the thing. I just thought, oh, okay. I thought, man, I just get to, maybe I get close and talk and know something about this God. And within, was it, Kathy, nine or 11 months, we were totally debt-free. And Nancy still don't know till the day how we did that. Now, I took some extra work. I don't know. It just happened. And I remember I had a great idea. I said, God, I can touch the world. He said, you think so? I said, yeah, but I need $100 million. I need $100 million. He said, okay. And he gave me $100 million. I was back in eight months. I said, uh. <laughs> thought I could do it. I need another $100 million. I put $200 million in this thing. I can do it. He said, okay. He gave me another $100 million. That's $200 million. I came back five times. On the fifth one, I said, Lord, he said, you need another $100 million. <laughs> and I said, the world's expensive. <laughs> Billion dollars. You think you could do that? <laughs> Apple is now worth over $3 trillion. It's the, you know, I mean, that, that's the, that, and they don't have enough money to touch the world. And you worried about asking God for too much? You see what I'm saying? But then he told me this statement, make me wealthy. And I thought, look like you're doing pretty good, God. I mean, you know, you got pearly gates and gold streets and diamond barrel, jasper, onyx, ruby. And you know what he told me? He said, I don't count my wealth that way. I count my wealth by the souls I possess. Now you go get them. Now I'm almost 75 years old or 27,000 days, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> Something like that. And uh, I'm about the father's business. People say, you're going to retire? I said, do I look tired? I don't think so. I could. That's why I was totally wrong too. I thought as I got older, my ministry would decrease, which is okay with me. Because you know, they want younger people. I said, me and Catherine go to Honolulu and just suffer for Jesus the rest of our life. <laughs> but that hadn't happened with me. My ministry is increasing. Ever increasing. But that's what I believe. So this is just a little hors d'oeuvre to what I'm about ready to speak. Come quickly. Uh, uh, many of you hit the book and tape table last night. All that books and tapes, and that's all my money. Amen. That shocks you? Come on, no. That's all copyrighted, not by Jesse the Plants Ministries. Just to do plan. I know what I own. Yeah. And uh, even the IRS said, this man's smart. Boy, you know, he don't do that. I said, no, no. <clears throat> but I gave it I mean, uh, half a billion dollars worth. And I gave it all to God's work, Amen. which kind of makes the ir irritating of the IRS. Do you know if you'd have took this money, we'd have got 200 million, you'd have went home with $300 million. I said, yeah, but if I give it to God, you don't get nothing. Now, people say, why'd you do that? I want to get out of here. When this gospel is preached to the world for a witness, means they got to see something. The end shall come. That's why I hope all of you, 
if you're not a partner with Nancy's marriage to become one. She's got that anointing of healing, but she also has all that. I'm going to tell you something. This thing will flow like Niagara Falls, boy. Ain't no shortage of money, just in the wrong hands. But it was made for your hands. And then you use it to God's glory. And he don't care if you have a nice house or a nice car. You can have two cars. You can have several houses. Deuteronomy 8 says, when you have built beautiful houses. Go read it. It says that. And dwell in there. Then go down to verse 18. Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for it is he that giveth thee power to get well. You see what I'm saying? It's, a, it's just a tool. And, uh, and I want you blessed. And uh, me and Kathy have been debt free since 1982. Amen. Have no concept of debt. And in any way, shape, or form, nothing wrong. I, you know, Brother Colton get mad at me when I say this because he don't borrow no money, no nothing. Borrowing money, I don't, I don't have a problem with that because Abraham was a lender. So somebody got to borrow it for you to be a lender. But you see, it's better to be a lender because the power seat is yours. You know, like if you're going to buy a business, never buy 51%. Don't go 50-50. That's church problems. You got to be 51-49. That you have what we call controlling interest. Then you can dictate what God wants. Real quickly, this book here, I, I wrote this because I was christened and confirmed a Catholic boy. It became a number one bestseller. It was in hardcover. It's called Warning a God I Can Talk To. This kind of thing. Hello, Jesus. Hi, Jesse. I like that. I like conversation. It's just such a blessing to be able to talk to God like that. And people always ask me, how long do you pray? I said, I'm not going to tell you that because if you think it's not enough, you're going to be critical. Or if you think it's too much, uh, you're going to be critical of yourself. You pray the way you want to pray. But, but I'll tell you this, I don't pray a lot. Because that's asking God all kind of things. That's good. Don't misunderstand. I just like conversation. I got up this morning, my devotion. I said, hey, how you doing? <laughs> he said, I'm doing good. I said, how did I do last night? He said, I came. <laughs> you did well. I hope you can get this book, Wanting a God. I can talk to you. Anybody wants this book? Come on, brother. You can come get that right there. That'll be right there. Hallelujah. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome, sir. And then for, when I was in my study at my home. And the Lord said, how do you spell faith? I said, what? I hear God like you're hearing me. I said, F-A-I-T-H. He said, if you don't know what it is, you'll never get it. He said, what's the definition of faith? I said, Hebrews 11, verse 1. Speak it. Now faith is a substance. Not tomorrow, not next week. Now faith is several things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The second verse is way more powerful. For by it the elders obtain a good report. Somebody making a report on you today. The report is going to be read to God. He said, look at the word faith. If you don't know what it is, you'll never get it. And I looked at the word faith, and the word it is right in the middle of it. If you don't know what it is, you won't get it. And I wrote this little book. You can read this thing. 20 minutes or 30 minutes, something like that. And it'll bless you. Who else? Anybody want this? Uh, hand it over there, Roy. And then this is one of my themes that God gave me. Entitled, Joe, everything is his anything. You got to understand something. You cannot break God. You can't impress him. You please him only by walking in faith. Because it's impossible to do anything else. He will not. I don't care what you do. You can, I know people give like crazy, but they, because they got money, but they don't live by faith. 
they're not pleasing to God at all. You see, because on your best day, you can't impress God. I mean, you got asphalt streets. He's got gold streets. And you're going to try to tell me what you think is expensive? Your everything is anything. And that's St. John 14. He said, ask anything. This is what church was. Well, I know he said that, but that's your problem. You need to get your butt out the way. <laughs> See, you're already making a provision for failure. So don't get mad if you fail because your faith worked. Okay, who needs, who, who wants this here? Yes, sir. Yeah, you can help me work and have that. And if you got your Bibles or your iPads or your telephone, whatever you use for the, uh, the Bible scriptures, turn with me to the book of St. John 15. I've had a little Lord to end my session here. And I thank you, Nancy, for allowing me to stand behind your pulpit. And I tell every minister here, be careful who you put behind your pulpits because they need to treat it like the holies of holies. That's where the word of God is broken and fed to people. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's, it's a blessing. But you know, I, I know some order of faith people, they got this kind of attitude. Let me bless you with my presence. <laughs> you could have stayed at home, sucker. I don't need you to bless me. <laughs> now I know that sounds hard, but well, who do you think you are? You know? <laughs> Jesus, man. <laughs> so when I'm asked to preach in the Catholic Church, and I'm the only one in the state of Louisiana, that I know of that's been asked by the Archdiocese of the Holy Roman Catholic Church to preach in their churches, and I do it. I wanted to preach at St. Patrick Cathedral in New York, and I got, a, I got, a, I got an invitation. I thought, man, Jesus, this is going to be something, you know. And, but Cardinal, uh, Cardinal O'Connor, he, he developed cancer and died, so I, I couldn't do it, you know, that kind of stuff. I preach in Jewish synagogues. I didn't know where to stand. <laughs> it's not like this. Yeah. And I... And, I asked the rabbis, I said, why did you ask me? You say very interesting things. <laughs> I said, Rabbi, don't you know Jesus is Jewish? What's the matter? You don't like your own people? He said, that's what I'm talking about. You say such interesting things. <laughs> you come anytime you want. You know, I got criticized for doing it by Christian people. What'd you preach on? The God of Abraham, which is Christ. And they just loved it. You see that the interesting things. <laughs> Preaching should never supersede thought. It should make you think. So let's think some things today. St. John chapter 15. I love it when Jesus is talking because it's in red. His words are so hot, they just turn red. St. <laughs> John chapter 15, verse 1, I am the true vine. Well, if he's the true vine, then there's some other vines that are not true. See, he's a double-edged sword, the word of God. Double, but there are other double-edged swords. You have to know which one is his. I am the true vine, and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purged it, that it may bring forth more fruit. You notice God is in the productivity. Now you created in his image. 
So you need to be in productivity. The difference is he's a vine and you a branch. But yet the, the life that's flowing from the blind can only manifest in the branch. Watch this. Verse three, now you are clean through the word. Well, I accept that face value. People say, well, you're not this. I said, no, I'm clean, son. I'm just totally clean. Who do you think you are? Clean. Right there, call me. He said, Jesse, I know you like planes. You got all kind of, you need to get one of them big ones, one of them, I don't know what you call them things, uh, with a shower in it. I said, around it, when I go to the meeting, I'm already clean. <laughs> he busts all that. I mean, it's nice to have a shower, I guess, if you want, but I mean, I'm already clean. Right. You know, I made sure I took a shower. I took a shower this morning, glory <laughs> to God. You know what I mean? My God. He just roared. I like Rodney. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I, <laughs> it's so wonderful. That's just God, wonderful people out there. It's just such a blessing. He says, now you're clean through the word, which I have spoken. Why am I clean? Because he expunged my record. I said this in the back a while ago. I can remember things God can't. He can't remember my sin. He look at me and go, that boy clean. That's why he made me look like Mr. Clean. See that? And I wish I had Mr. Clean's body. That old boy built good. <laughs> Verse four, abide in me. Not in homiletical, hermeneutical, philosophical, theological thought. Not in Baptist, Methodist, Episcopalian, Presbyterian, Church of God, Church of Christ, Word of Faith, Full Gospel, Assemblies of God. Can you imagine how confusing that is to people that don't understand Christianity? We're the right one, but what about the rest of these people? Hmm. Abide in me. So is it possible that Christ in you, the hope of glory, is a living reality? Should be. He said, abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Quit beating the bushes to try to get something to work. Except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I am the vine. I am. I am that I am. Ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. And he said little fruit, some fruit, much fruit, because you were built and created for productivity, to produce spiritual, physical, and financial. None of you should have financial trouble. None. But the reason why it's not really at your fault is, is the church taught poverty. And if you got blessed, then they criticized you. Is that a new dress? And you go, I got it on sale. <laughs> but thank God you got it on sale. That's not the issue. But if you didn't, it didn't make no difference anyway. And read verse five again. I am the vine. You are the branches. He that abideth in me. And I am the same bringing forth much fruit. Watch this. For without me, you can do nothing. Write this down. We must have a living union with Christ. Not a living union with a denomination or a non-denomination or an interdenomination. What I'm saying, I'm not saying they're wrong. I'm just saying is, this has got to be personal. 
Christ in you, not on you, around you, and about you, in you, the hope of glory. Here. Why? Who do you think you are? A branch. That life is flowing from a vine. Because I can't do nothing. I got people saying this about this new plan I got. They say, my God, you're the first one ever done. I said, don't say that. I don't want to be by myself. I'm not trying to, I'm not, I'm not in competition with anybody. I'm in cooperation. If you want to cooperate with me. Yet, I mean, Andrew Warmack, one of my good friends, he said, you know, he's so funny. I don't tell you something, Jesse. I got some people telling me I shouldn't have you, but they don't know you. I said, what did I do wrong? He said, I don't know. I said, you know, Andrew, you need to get excited. He says, I am excited. <laughs> I love Andrew. We have such the finest times. I mean, it's just, he, he carries my magazine around with him. He said, all these quotes and these, you know, these, well, he puts them in his pockets, you know what I'm saying? And I, I preach at his school. And I, I just love him, you know, and I'm glad. I'm so glad. See, I'm not the man that said, I, I don't care if you got a church of 20. I'm glad you got one. Yeah. Now, it's not going to stay 20. Yeah. Why? Because he created you to produce yeah. productivity. We must have a living union with Christ. So that's why I have conversation with the Lord. Hello, Jesus. Hi, Jesse. I like that. Yeah. A living union. What makes a good marriage is you talk to each other. Yeah. That's called a living union. You see what I'm saying? Our life is a branch life. Write that down. It is incomplete in itself. That's why I don't do these things. Well, you know, you didn't know I didn't do that. Christ in me, the hope of glory did that. I'm not trying to be humble here. I'm just telling you. If I was that good, why didn't I do it 45 years ago? Yeah, come on. That's right. I would have done it. Yeah. I'm not that good. See, but I do know that he can do all things. Not just something, but all things. Now, oh, that's it. People go, amen. No, no, all things in every area. And I say that to the biggest bankers. I say that to the hedge fund operators on Wall Street, just like I say it to someone that don't even know what a hedge, they think a hedge is something you cut with some clippers. You know, they don't know, you know, because that's not their world. That's fine. The hedge fund operator ain't smarter than you are. He's just in his field. And you in your lane. You see, so when you understand that, that the branch is incomplete in itself. I was saying this, and I, and I want to explain it. People say, how do you make money? I don't make money. I generate money. Making money, you got to beat the bushes, boy. Before you know, you go home. But oh, in fact, I need three more meetings. I get 15 more offerings. It's never enough. Why? Because you're making it. See, no, you, not God. You generate it by your demeanor. You generate it by your seed. You see, and when you understand that, and that generator, no, 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 no. I don't care if everybody's out of, uh, there's no electricity. Generator's on. See, you got, you got electricity. Everybody was so mad at me doing Hurricane Ida and all that. All the lights was out. I got a generator by the, Jesus, I guess, uh, from the drums to about right here, huge. Man, my house is all lit up. They're going, ah, ah. And I just went outside and went. <laughs> well, I mean, they went acting like a fool. 
They could have had it. Can you believe he got that generator on? <laughs> you in the dark, fool. It produces light. And people notice it when you generate. You see what I'm saying? I'm not telling people that. I'm not just telling that for you to give them my ministry. The anointing of the increase is on me. I got to watch what I say because I get it. I got to be real careful because you must be superior to that power instead of driven by it. See, a lot of people are driven by that power. That's why politicians mess up. That's why preachers mess up. They're driven by power instead of being superior to it. Jesus was superior to power. Don't you know I can call more than 12 legions of angels to handle this situation? Let me show you how much power that is. One angel knocked down 185,000 men in about one. If 12 legions of angels would have showed up at the beck and call of Jesus, 20 billion, 400 million men would have bit the dust and the lick. Bam, gone. But because he was superior to that power, instead of driven by it, he went to the cross so you didn't have to go. See my point? Just because you got power to do something don't mean you have to do it. Our life is a branch life. What flows from God flows through me. The fruit, now don't get mad at me, comes out of me. Okay, you didn't get that. The fruit doesn't come out the trunk. That's what a source of power is. But it comes out the branches. But yet, a lot of the world is fruitless, especially the church world. Well, we did the best we could. That's why you messed up. That's beating the bushes again. We're not asking you to do the best. He didn't ask you to do the best you could. He asked you to do the best he could. And when you understand that, you'll understand this. Jesus is the moral stem of humanity. Abiding is more than acknowledging God's existence. Tyler, this message is abiding is better than visiting. See, a lot of people visit the church. They don't abide. Abiding is, is much better than visiting. Let me say it again. Jesus is the moral stem of humanity. Abiding is more than acknowledging God's existence. I mean, even the devil believes in God. Now, if I have this moral stem of humanity, oh, and I'm going to shake up some people, then I should have a very hard time sinning. Unless I make myself. Unless I get in the flesh and do it. Now, I'm going to say something. I mean this. I don't sin every day. Oh, that make, boy, you talk about make the Christian world. Oh, I do not sin every day. The Bible said we've all sinned. I, I'm not a sinner. Now, I have sinned. We've all sinned. Come short of the glory of God. All of us have. But I don't sin every day. I don't. I go long spirit, long times without sinning. And the only time I ever had is when I get in the flesh. You don't sin by yourself. I read a scripture one time that blew my socks off. He that willfully sinned, there remained no remission of sin for him. You know what I thought, David? That just threw me out. I said, oh, Jesus. I said, hey. So I went to the Lord about that. I said, I, I, I need to know something about this. I need a conversation here. I said, you said if you willfully sin, there remained no remission for sin. He said, that's correct. I said, I willfully sin. He said, no, you haven't. I said, I think I have. You know, he's so holy, maybe missing it here, you know. <laughs> he said, no, you haven't. I said, God, I tell you, I'm telling I, I, I have. 
He said, no, you haven't. Because you never sinned by yourself. I said, what? He said, you never sinned by yourself. The Bible said, when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. When sin hath conceived or finished, it bringeth forth death. So in that conversation, I asked the Lord this. Um, how come you made a plan of redemption for me, but you didn't make a plan of redemption for Satan? He said, because he willfully sinned. I said, I willfully sinned. He said, no, you didn't. You've never sinned by yourself. He said, you had a temper pulling you. Pulling you to do this. He said, Satan had no tempter. He said, I will exalt myself. Go on, get the boost. I will exalt myself above the most high God. I will sit in the congregation of the north. Uh-oh. Not a tempter. Willful. That's, that was no remission of sin. Isn't that good? See, abiding, not just visiting. So I don't have trouble with women. I got a lot of women following me. I'm not lying. I mean, I mean, they call them, they say they call, they say they Jesse groupies. Now, if you, if you don't know what a groupie is, you got to be in a music business to understand what groupies are. And, I, and, I, and, and I've had men go, <laughs> hey, but Jay, you know, you got a lot of women follow you. I said, does that bother you? I said, your problem is you see a woman as a sexual object to be conquered. That's your problem. One preacher told me one time, I said, I got to talk to you, but I got, I got lust in my life. Lust, lust, lust. <laughs> what should I do? I said, tell your wife. She'll stop it. <laughs> he shut that baby down, son. I told him that. He said, oh, I can't do that. I said, well, I'm going to tell her. No, no, no. <laughs> I told her. I said, your husband's in lust. She said, I'll handle that fool. Come here. <laughs> I'm trying to save his family. His ministry, his life. I'm not the ugliest man in the world. I get hit on every once in a while. Can you believe it? I'm, I'm, I'm almost 75 years old. And then, a woman don't want me, they want my wallet. They want me. And it's such a joke to me. I've said the devil, that's all you got? That's all you got. This is all you can do. This. He's on the limits of retardation. <laughs> he is smaller today than he was yesterday. He's decaying constantly. Even the Bible said that thousands of years ago when they see him. This. This. This, this thing. This is what deceived the nation. <laughs> this. Well, how do you do that? Abiding is better than visiting. Christ in me. The hope of glory. Christ is absolutely indispensable to the world and vital to the life of men. I've had to tell people that, that didn't like me. I said, let me tell you something. You didn't invite me to the party. And I'm coming to that party because I'm the only one that can read that handwriting on that wall. Mark my word, you can throw me to the dog, son. But one day you're going to call me. 
because you can't read that handwriting on that wall. I can read that handwriting on that wall. Oh, and I've seen it happen so many times. Oh, there's prosperity. It's amazing how me and Brother Copeland just get slammed all the time. And Jerry Zavell. <laughs> and I said, why, Jerry? He said, because I'm God's favorite. <laughs> I, love, I love Jerry. Jerry, Jerry is a great friend of mine. I'm just, just a blessing of God. <laughs> and he talks prosperity all the time. People go, oh, that's Jerry. Let's kill Kenneth and Jesse. That's the one we got to kill. <laughs> but the reason why they can't, because God, Christ, is absolutely indispensable to the world and vital to the life of men. So I tell people, you need me. I'm not trying to get something from you. I want to get something to you. I had a guy tell me, he said, my God, I've been struck. I'm going to say this. Some of you may not like this. And I had been going to this church for 10 years. Reba, 10 years. Yeah. He said, I just can't seem to get out of debt. I, I said, I, I, never, I, I never asked, I never charged people no. all my expenses. I never, even when I go overseas, I never, I receive an offer not to meet the expenses. Why would I do that? That's my, that's my seed into your life. Any finance getting me goes to projects. I'm already taken care of. He says, I just don't understand. And the Lord said, tell him. I said, I don't, I don't want to tell him, God. Tell him, Jesse. I said, let me ask you a question. Have you ever added anything to this offering in 10 years? Now, you know how you said that last night about the offering that you would add to it? No, I said, you know, God's been sending me, me to you for 10 years so you get out of debt, you complete idiot. He sent you a lifeboat and you won't get in the boat. I don't need your money, man. But you need what I have. See, if you went to a Nancy Dufresne meeting, uh, you wouldn't have a problem getting healed because you believe in healing. You go to Benny, uh, Benny's, you know, ben, you know you, you're healing. I mean, you don't go to uh, Benny's and say, uh, hey, Benny, can you talk to me about love? <laughs> no, you think, well, Benny, you know, I want to get my healing. And I said, the time of my departure is at hand. I can't come back here no more because you just won't listen. I said, it's not that I want your money. I don't need your money, man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. But you won't listen. Yeah. 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 And I, I stayed away six years. I felt bad about it. God didn't. No. I said, Lord, I feel bad about it. He said, why? He's a fool. I can call him a fool. Finally, the Lord said, I want you to go back. Help him. It's amazing how people got to get fall into the ditch of life before the light comes on. I said, now you ready to receive? And I looked at him, I said, within 11 months, this thing will be debt free. You think so? No, I don't think so. I know so. And it was. And then he said, that I could slap myself. I could have had that years ago. But you would not. See, our powers, or our powers are literally part of the creative energy of Christ. Do you know, as a minister of the gospel, when you come, it's like Jesus walking through the door. Don't get mad at me about saying that. 
That's St. I mean, John 1, verse 13. All things were made by him. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was God. Well, where does God live and reside? Christ in you, the hope of glory. What I'm saying is our powers are literally part of the creative energy of Christ. That's an amazing... I know you're thinking on that. That's an amazing statement because see, you've been told, oh, yeah, you ain't much of this. You're not much of that. My God, man. Out of almost 9 billion people on the planet, he chose you? Now, what are the odds of that happening? I mean, if you was a gambler, you wouldn't gamble on that. It's amazing to me. You come bringing Christ. And God thinks you look good. Mm. Because the only Jesus some people may ever see is the Jesus in you or the Jesus in me. I say that constantly all the time. I tell people, look at me. What do you see? <laughs> and you know, I've seen people so depressed, they go, I see it cracking. I, I can handle depression. Oh, I can get you out of that. I make it, it's, it's, it's so small. Yeah. Despondency, discouragement, disappointment. I can handle that. Hey, <laughs> listen to me. I love it. I, I hardly ever go to hospitals, but I really like them intensive care units. Because they're all in there, I guess. Oh. <laughs> Especially the ones waiting in the waiting room in the intensive care. I just walk in there. And I don't go to hospitals much because I'm not a pastor, you know. But I decided to go one day. I just walked in there. I said, hello, everybody. Look like y'all. I mean, y'all sad. Lord. And they all just looking. <laughs> I said, you have sick people in there? Yeah. They're dying. I said, would you like them to live? We can't even go in there. I said, you can go with me. I got a card. I'm an ordained doctor of divinity. Follow me. Open the door and the nurse says, excuse me. I said, excuse me, ma'am. I'm Reverend Dr. Jesse DePlantis. Go away. They go. Call security. I said, you come with me too. I need witnesses to this. I said, now this is your husband? Yeah, boy, he's sick. You got that smell. You don't, you, you don't have that. And I said, how you doing, man? They say I'm dying with cancer. I said, do you want to? No. I said, do you want your husband to die? This is happening right in front of everybody. Take a lot of guts. No, don't take no guts. Just takes obedience. Yeah. Uh -huh. It's not me talking, Christ in me. Jesus couldn't go to funerals, he messed them up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're trying to bury somebody. He said, get up. And the guy said, I, I never wanted to be dead anyway. I'm, I'm, I'm just going to go home. He <laughs> don't care about you spend all the money on the funeral. Come on, man. Come on. I said, we come to pray for you. Yes. And I look at a big cop. I said, pray with me. He goes, I didn't have, well, suppose he dies. Suppose it don't work. Where'd you learn that from? You need to unlearn that. See, your powers are literally part of the creative energy of Christ. When I see you flowing in that healing anointing, huh, that's not Nancy. That's Christ in Nancy. And all you do is following him as he does the work. 
Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. That's something good to eat. I'm the light of the world, so you can't walk in darkness. I'm the way, and if Jesus is the way, you can't get lost. I'm the truth, and if he's the truth, you cannot be deceived. And I'm the life. If he's the way, the truth, and the life, then the devil can't kill you. Now he says, I'm a fourth person. I am the true vine. And I have people try to argue with me religiously. Well, you know Buddha. <laughs> you know, uh, Muhammad. Now, I, I'm just going to have to say what I said, okay? So don't freak out here, because I'm, I'm flying out of here right after this service. <laughs> I was on a flight. What makes you think Jesus is the El Supremo? I said, you ever been on a flight? Flying somewhere? Yeah. Did the plane get in trouble? I've been down in three airplane crashes. That'll make a Baptist speak in tongues. <laughs> a Catholic woman will pray over your pearls like a rosary. Oh, hell, man. <laughs> it's amazing. And all back tithe is paid for. Just that way. Just get that plane down without killing us all. I said, you ever been on one where you start a little trouble and you get a little nervous? I said, I've been on a bunch of them. I've heard people literally scream, Jesus! Scared, boy, you never heard screaming in fear like that because you can't do nothing about it. You latched in a seat. You can't even see the pilots. The plane's doing this and everything. You're going down. And it's amazing how they use God's word to damn him when God doesn't damn anybody. I never heard anybody going down on a plane that said, Buddha damn. <laughs> I never heard anybody go, Muhammad! You know what I heard? Jesus! That's abiding. Yes. I had a guy one time on a plane with Delta Airlines. I always used to sit in the aisle seat before I had my, you know, aisle seat. I used to like bulkhead so you could get out quick. Well, I had a window seat and by the, by, uh, right over the wing. So I took my Bible out like this. And this guy looks at me and said, excuse me, you a preacher? I said, yeah. I didn't know who he was. I said, yes, sir. I don't believe in your damn God. Wow. What I wanted to do was minister to him. <laughs> I wanted to lift my hands up. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hit you in the nose. But I believe in healing. We're going to take the blood out your nose here in a minute. You want to dance with me? You want some of this? Boy, I mean, I got hot. And then he pulls out a Hustler magazine and pulls to the centerfold. He said, what do you think of that, preacher? I got my Bible and I went to the red porch. I said, what do you think of that? And I went, who yourself? All of a sudden, this is when you could smoke on a plane. Ladies and gentlemen, fasten your seatbelts and put out all cigarettes. We're going to be encountering some uh, turbulence. And 
Everybody gets quiet. I look at the old boy. I can see him going. And then light then hit the plane. Bam! Right there. And it hits the engine and the engine explodes. Fire coming out of the engine. Now he's an atheist, this guy. And he, hates, he goes, oh God! And I couldn't help myself. I looked at him and I said, he don't exist. Enjoy your death. He goes, I said, your blood and guts going to be smeared all over. <laughs> I said, but we'll cover your face with your Hustler magazine. Okay? Go ahead, man. <laughs> I was mad. Now, maybe I went a little too strong, but I couldn't help myself. People screaming and hollering. The Lord said, do something. I unbuckled that seat button, stood up and said, in the name of Jesus. Get out of here, devil. Get your hand off this plane. I said, everybody's going to be fine because I'm on this plane. And they all went, man, they're grasping for anything. That sounds arrogant and cocky, but when you're going down, you better believe what you're saying. They, they, they shut that for how they did it. I don't know, man. But what I was thinking, that, that there's fuel in that wing and that engine's right there by that fuel. And whoo. We landed. I mean, I mean, busted one of the tires and all this kind of, it was rough. And that guy said, I, 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 I'm so glad you was on that plane. And he said, well, me too. When you hollered, man, he said, I, I, I was so in fear, I, could, I couldn't breathe. I thought, I need to take an offer and I'll get some back tire here. <laughs> but I didn't, you know. I, didn't. I said, how many of y'all going to church Sunday? All of them lived ahead of me. I bet the churches were full wherever they lived. How could you do that and not be afraid? He's the true vine. He's the bread of life. He's the light of the world. He's the way, the truth, and my God, man, you can't lose with this. See, abiding is better than visiting. See, now he said, for without me, you can do nothing. You know, when I read that, not only can you do nothing, but you're good for nothing. Not only can you do nothing, you're good for nothing. You can't do nothing without him. But he never leaves you or forsakes you. He's with you all the time. Jody, my daughter, I just love her. She's such a blessing. <laughs> she said, Dad, I've been knowing you a long time. <laughs> yeah. She's 52. She can't get over that. She's worried about a wrinkle. Good God. Can you believe that? You got a daughter, 52? I said, yeah. I was there when you was born. I paid for you. Jody, I got you out of the hospital. You and your mama. They weren't looking for you. They were looking for me. Get you out of the hospital, you know. I said, Jody, don't worry about any of that. She said, everything you touch prospers. I said, do you know why? She said, because of your faith. I said, that's only a very small part of it. I said, Jody, I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. So what I do is I create my world, and then I walk in it. Now, since I created my world, I know what's coming, and I know what's going. Yes, I don't, I don't live in your world. You do what you want to do. Yeah. Well, now, you know, Mr. DePlanner, so, you know, you can't, we can't pay you that kind of money or interest because, you know, the uh, government, I'm not interested in what the government says. You want to use my money? 
You want my money? This is what it's going to cost you. We got a deal here. Somebody's going to take this money. Is it you? <laughs> no, you don't want your That's fine. Go on. But somebody down the road is going to take his money, baby. I'm not dictated by what the world's doing. I'm in the world, but I'm not of it. That's how Jesus was. We'll kill you. I'll be back in three days. You see, I realize I, I, that I can't do nothing without him and I'm good for nothing. But with Christ in me, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. So really, it's a pretty simple thing. Unless you put religion in it. And what is religion but a theological wilderness, a garden of weeds? Always telling you what you can't do. I already know what I can't do. Tell me what I can do. See, separation from Christ makes all your work have no enduring value. So when you separate, when you just visit instead of a body, that's what happened. Everything you do has no enduring value. Nothing you have done will count in the final result. Let me say it again. Separation from Christ makes all your work have no enduring value. Nothing you have done will count in the final result. See, the word of God lacks nothing. And it is the cause of abundance. God is such a business God. Every time I go to him, he always says, how much? What are you willing to believe? I told that to Morgan in there, uh, well, just a while ago, years ago. Listen, to, uh, you know, I, I mean, <laughs> 35, maybe 40 years ago. I was going to have a board meeting. And I read a scripture that said, present your petitions and supplication with thanksgiving. Yes. I said, so I got my pencil and pad, and I wrote out things that I wanted to do, you know, uh -huh. with the ministry. Because I was going to have my board meeting the next day. See? And I'm sitting in, in, my, in, in my little office back then at number 12, Slow House Lane. Remember that guy? Lord Jesus. So I actually took the paper, and I, I said, what do you think of this, Jesus? Present your petition and supplication with thanksgiving. And I felt the Lord looked at that, and he went, Jesse, there's no faith in this. I guess I got to go to the unemployment line, get my check. You just put me on the unemployment line. I said, what? He said, Jesse, you determined this by last year's receipts. Ministry or business, whatever, you know, you knew what you made. Well, we're going to add a little bit more, but not too much. You know, we don't want to get crazy. So if you made a million dollars, well, we're going to believe for 1.1. Oh, $100,000. Well, the number means is irrelevant. He said, you determined this by last year's receipts of Jesse the Planet's mission. Yeah, just a little bit. There. I went, give me the paper. <laughs> I tore it all up. And I began to write stuff that I couldn't do. Not stuff I needed, stuff I wanted for his work. Born the next morning, remember, we went to the board meeting. I said, pass this out to all the board. They went, good Lord, Jesse. I said, he is a good Lord. <laughs> Whoa, man, man, man. Whoa, Ooh, you've never, and I just looked at him and smiled. I said, I will never present God something possible anymore as long as I ever live. I'm going to give him something impossible, baby. And do you know, I have fulfilled, he has fulfilled it every year since then. That's 40 years ago, man, when was that? And he met everything I wrote by October the 1st. 
Then I had November, October, November, December, just over and above and beyond. Give God a job. See, the word of God lacks nothing and is the cause of all abundance. Do you know all those people in that intensive care unit, they all got out? People were smiling. Felt good to get rid of sadness. And they said, man, you got a healing ministry. I said, no, I don't. The Lord does. I just happened to come up and just kind of show you a side of Jesus you never see. Not one with a bleeding heart. People, people love Jesus. Kids love Jesus. He said, permit the children to come unto me for such is the kingdom of God. Here's the disciples slapping the kids away. Get them kids out of here. <laughs> Jesus said, no, let them come. Mm. Now, I want you to listen to this thought because I'm holding you too long, but I, I want you to listen to When you are charged with God, now, when you are charged with his thoughts, burn with his purpose, filled with his words, your will is in divine harmony with his will. When you are charged with his thoughts, think on these things. Burn with his purpose. Lord, what would thou have me to do? Fill with his words. Thus saith the Lord thy God. Your will is, divine, is in divine harmony with his will. It's coming to pass. What is prophecy? History wrote in advance. See, if you want to know what to do tomorrow, prophesy today. Your faith will turn your prophecy. Your faith will turn your request into prophecy instead of prayer. A thus saith the Lord, it shall come. And I'm not worried about it if it don't come. That's not my world. He said, be a doer, not a donor. Amen. Well, you can't have that. Do you know how, how much that costs? No. I don't even deal, I have budgets. But I don't deal with budgets. Budgets cost you something. Vision bring you something. I just deal with vision. I know what gets people's attention. Vision. This don't get their attention. Won't you help me? Won't you help me? Lord, help me. If I don't hear you today. Oh, you ever see how these preachers can bust out crying and you give them a million dollars. Boom, the, the tears are gone. Just cut it off. Yeah. Woo! How much money costs to fly that jet? I don't know. He didn't ask me to pay for it. He asked me to believe for it. Don't complicate that. I'll say this in close. Kathy loves Hawaii. I've been there 107 times. I could be a guide. We're walking. We're walking. <laughs> I mean, I'm in all of them, and I've preached in all of them. Only one island I hadn't preached on, and that's uh, the Robinson Island, uh, near Nam. You have to be invited. There's no electricity on that island. None. It's like raw Hawaii was. They call it Robinson Island, but really it's near Nam. Well, uh, Kathy likes Maui and, and, you know, Honolulu. We've done it all. So every time I get a nice sweet bond, she comes walking to that room. And we've been with Jerry and Karen and boy, Karen, they just come opening up the curtains, man, and the wind's hitting the curtains, and they flying up, the, you know, the, what do they call them? Shears. And Karen goes, ooh, that's why I love her. And Kathy does too. And so I get in the room, Kathy's opened up, man, and they're like two, two balconies. See, 
one on one side and one in the front and one on the side so they can kind of walk around. Okay, that's fine. Whatever you want. So Kathy opens up. She says, Jesse. And I said, what? Look at the ocean. I seen it. It's water. What's the matter with you? You need to learn how to relax. I said, I am relaxed. Don't you know Andrew Womack? I'm relaxed. She, she said, she, when, she, when she sunbathed, she don't want to go down to the pool, so she'll get a, a, a what you call it, one of the things, and she'll actually sunbathe on the balconies. If the sun goes this way, she's on that side. She'll go this way, whatever she wants to do. I, I don't care. And she's on my case. You need to relax. You know, my God, you've been preaching for 41 days, and here you are. You're trying to go to a church. What's the matter with you? And I'm just smiling at her, and I said, Why? God created Adam, and he went, I can do better. And he created Kathy. I mean Eve. <laughs> she wants me to like, been trying to find me a hobby for 53 years. I'm a worker. That's what I do. Anyway, she likes the Alamo. Anybody ever been to Honolulu? Oh, yeah. You ever been to the Alamo Wana Mall? No, that's, a, that's a mall. That third floor, that's where they hit you, baby. First floor, the second floor, that's for the normal people. You get to that third floor now, you got Givenchy and Gucci. I mean, you're going to burn some dollars, you see. So I'm sitting in there at my, in, in, in the suite, and I'm just, it's 9 o'clock in the morning. Kathy said, Jesse, I'm going to, I'm going to the Alamoana Mall. We, we don't rent cars. You got to park them suckers, and there ain't no place to park. So we just get cabs. I mean, you can go and just, just cab. Makes it easy, you know. Not that expensive, but easy. She said, why don't you come with me to the mall? I said, I said, Kathy, I'm going to relax today. <laughs> oh, I said, you go on to the mall. And I closed all the curtains. <laughs> I called, get me some room, get me some room service. And I turned on Turner Classic Movies. Yeah. I liked the movies, man. I said, you have a nice time. I'm going to sit right here. I just enjoy myself. After I finish that, I'm going to watch a little ESPN, see a little LeBron, you know, and all kinds of stuff. So she says, okay. As she was walking out of the thing, something hit me. I went, hey, Kathy, try to break me. <laughs> that, you heard that woman? Uh. <laughs> she said, what? I said, buy anything you see. Buy anything you want. Try to break me. Because mama, you can't break me. You cannot do that, son. First, I got too much seed in the ground. Plus, a lot of harvest all over the place. So do the best you can. Have a nice time. Yeah. Boom, she left. I get a, 9 o'clock. I get a phone call at 8 o'clock that night. <laughs> Jesse? I said, you've been shopping 11 hours. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> meet me at Bubba Gump's. We're going to eat. Okay, so I walked down there, got me a cab. I said, take me to Alamoana Mall. Yes, sir. And I'm reading that, and that's Catherine. I walk up there. She's got the table, you know. I said, well, what did you buy? She said, nothing. I said, what? She said, I didn't buy nothing. I said, woman, you've been here since 9 o'clock, 11 hours. She said, you don't understand. You got to scout out the land. 
scouting. There wasn't one package. She said, but tomorrow coming. <laughs> well, the next day, so, whoo! I mean, the people of Hawaii were excited because we helped the Hawaiian economy. <laughs> and I got a cab and we got bags going in the back and I'm like this with my feet trying to get, and this man says, I want to thank you for buying all this. I said, I didn't buy any of it. She did. I just paid for it. He said, y'all helping the Hawaiian economy. And Kathy's not a greedy person. And what? She gave away 22 Louis Vuitton purses. You know what's in a purse cost? Louis Vuitton, 22 of them. I like to give them to my friends. (laughs) Okay. And it's your job to replace them. Okay. That's not that greedy. She can't break me. And sometimes she say, you got many money and I don't know where it's at. Uh. <laughs> and just the other day, uh, Jody's 52. I said, sit down, Jody. The day has come. What that? I'm gonna show you everything. I'm gonna show you what belongs to you. She busts out crying. Dad, I had no idea. And I'm not bragging about that. I said, all this comes comes to you. And remember, I didn't earn it. I didn't make it. I generated it, and God gave it. Always remember that. And he'll do anything you can believe. But Jody can't do anything you can't believe. It really blessed me. It touched the heart. Dad. Dad. You mean when you did that, that's what you made? Uh-huh. Oh, Dad. I said, well, I didn't. The Lord just blessed us and honored us. I said, you my only heir. You and Meredith. What about a husband? <laughs> I hope Jay is watching. No, we like Jay. <laughs> we like Jay. <laughs> but you know, uh, you know, there's people that have that big, that big, that big old there in California, uh, that big huge house. Uh, hearse. Do you know if you if you marry a hearse, and you not a hearse, you don't get any of the money. Oh, that stays in the Hearst family. That's right. If you ain't got the blood, yeah. you're bloodless. <laughs> he worked that out with lawyers and all that kind of crazy stuff like that. And now we don't do that with Jay, you know, all that kind of stuff. You know, we, we, we like to bless him, you know. And uh, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good guy. That's not the issue. But I said to Jordan, I'm not bragging. Please, it's, this is not arrogance. I said, I said, now, what I've done here, take it as a seed. Double it. Triple it. Where you learned that from? Cornelius Vanderbilt. One of the richest families ever. And he told his son, don't divide, don't break up the money. Keep it. His son increased it five times. 
but then he made a mistake because the other kids and family were fighting and wanting this, and he broke it up. And the Vanderbilt fortune today does not exist. You know, you know who Anderson Cooper is? He's a Vanderbilt. That's Gloria Vanderbilt's son. And she made a little money on Gloria Jeans, what I think of what you call it. But not what happened, because they didn't know how to handle it. I said, now, Jody, if Jesus tarried, and me and your mom go by the way of the grave, handle this. Don't never break it up. Well, Dad, I'm not as smart as you. I said, yes, you are. You're smarter than I am. You are. I taught you everything I know about God. You add him and you, everything you do, you put him in it. What I was telling was abide in me. Don't visit this thing. Abide. I don't know if I can handle that. Oh, I know you can. And you will. Now teach that to Meredith. It's not hard, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to require a little work. It's a four-letter word. Work. And guess what? You'll come to a point in your life, like John D. Rockefeller Sr. said, you're not rich until you don't know how much you got. They called him a ruthless businessman. He wasn't ruthless. He was just very good at it. You know he was a tither? Did you know that? John D. Rockefeller Sr. was a tither. Mama said, you tithe. Baptist, he loved God. They're still trying to spend his money. Biggest wealth transfer ever. He turned all the money over to John D. Rockefeller Jr. He didn't want to be head of all companies. He wanted to be a philanthropist. Rockefeller Sr. owned 95, 97% of all fossil fuels and everything he did. And the government got mad, so they broke him up. They broke him up into Exxon, Marathon, Gulf. But what they didn't, <laughs> the stupid government didn't understand, he had stock in all of them. So he was richer than he ever was again. <laughs> A tither. They still trying to spend his money. You know how long ago that's been? Whew. Money won't last long if you do stupid stuff. I don't care how anointed you are. I don't care if you can raise the dead. If you don't run God's business like a business, you're awaiting bankruptcy. You hear what I'm saying? You're awaiting, here you go, baby. You're awaiting bankruptcy. Uh-uh. Kathy told me one time and changed the whole Southwest Believers Convention. Kathy said, come up here, Kathy, and say something. And Kathy said, my job is to bankrupt the devil. I thought, thank you, Jesus. She ain't bankrupting me. She's bankrupting the devil. <laughs> and Kathy's not a greedy person in any way, shape, or form. But I'm at the point in our life now, she can get anything she wants. Because she was there when we didn't have nothing. Right. And she didn't complain. Remember when we went to that store with $3 and pennies? Bought that macaroni and cheese. I said, but Kathy, the Dallas Federation of Musicians attacked me, shut me down. I didn't know I had to be a part of the union. I said, okay. And I'm not a man, I'm not prideful. I had to feed that girl. So the place that I played, I got a job pulling weeds. And people would walk by, aren't you, you, aren't you, you, aren't you? I said, I got to feed my family, I got to feed my wife, I got to do that. I didn't care. 
And then once that thing laid out about the value, then I went back and, and, and money began to flow again. But I didn't care. I'll do what I have to do. Pride, you can't eat pride. They said, but you, you're cutting grass and pulling weeds. Yeah, and I'm getting a check at the end of the week. See, it's not hard. And it shouldn't be hard to any of you because you're a dead person. Dead people can't sin. It's not you that live it, but Christ liveth in you. Now, I'll say this and close again in my last closing. How much do you want? Because if you don't know what you want, you're not going to know when you get there. And don't let the church call that greed. Because God tells us what he's want. You know what God wants? Go in the world and preach this gospel to every creature. I don't need it. I want it. For God so loved the world. He knew he had to start with a seed. He gave. Stand to your feet. Kilo, she'll pray in the Holy Ghost for just a minute. Anala shokore. Reselo hore bisikal. I was asking the Lord here, how do you want me to end this? Because I can flow in the Holy Ghost. I love walking down the aisle. Call, Isn't that something with that lady with that pickup truck? I saw it. Like I see you, ma'am. And some people say, oh, man, ain't nobody coming up there, but she did. Yeah. When you touch people's hearts, they know when God's talking. Now me, I wouldn't have done that. I would do that in private. But God, God going to do what he won't do. I want all your dreams to come to pass. I want maybe the next time I see you, somewhere down the road, where, who, what, where, that you'll say, I got to think of other stuff to believe. Because he, he met everything. I have no needs. None. I have a lot of wants. Not for myself. I'm not trying to be humble. I just want this gospel preached to the world. We will accomplish that. We can all do it. You realize how powerful we are if we quit arguing and agree to disagree. Me and Kathy on some scriptures, Nancy, I told you, I said, you're not right. Yes, I am. No, you're not. And we argue. I said, if you want to be wrong, Kathy, just be wrong. <laughs> she said, well, I'm not wrong. If you want to be wrong, but we agree to disagree. And I just prayed, Lord, give her more revelation. She just don't quite understand this yet. And then she said, Lord, help that old white-headed fool. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and we just go at it, you know. And then we come to a place of agreement. Oh, and if two of you agree. So how many of you have a dream? I'm going to do this. Hold your hand out. The Bible said two of you agree. Look at, let me get up here. Get up here so I can see you. Yeah, Lord Jesus. I'll be you too. I'll be you too. Instead of two of us agree. David, I'll be you too. All you need is a two. You don't need nothing else but a two. Somebody that say, eh, I don't know. No, just agree with you. Even if you don't understand it. Take the person's hand next to you. Whoo. Heavenly Father, I pray. All they need is a two. They want to do things for you. You want to do things for them. Both of you got the same idea in mind to do things for each other. 
Father, I ask you for every dream to manifest in the year 2024, that come 2025, if you should tarry, that they have to dream a new dream. Make them realize that dreams have no expiration dates. They can get it at nine or 90. God, I ask you, all they needed was a two. I'll be the two. I'll stand with them in the gap, if you want to call it as such. Every dream, spiritual, physical, financial. Because you see, Lord, the world needs to see something. They need to see it because they can't think spiritual because they're spiritually dead. So we have to show them physical things. They'll get angry at first, but then they'll begin to figure out, wait a minute, this person's got something that's working here. And if that's got to do that to get their attention, fine. Then we can lead them to where you want them to go. So I thank you for every dream, all debt free. But God, I, I ask you that the amount of money they were in debt, let them have it in liquid finance in a bank somewhere. Whether it's, you know, if the house costs a million dollars, they have a million cash somewhere. Or whatever, I don't know. I don't know how much it costs to live in California. I know it's pretty expensive. But whatever, Lord, that don't make no difference to you. I set myself an agreement that every church that's represented by a pastor is going to grow. You know, Brother Coleman said 24, more and more and more and more and more. Lord, you gave me, give me a job, Jesse. I'm willing to go to work if you're willing to give me a job. Father, I ask you that. Now lift your hands up as an act of faith and just receive that. Spiritual, physical, and financial. Start thinking your dreams. Start thinking them. Think right now. Think what you want, not what you need. He's going to supply your need. That's not the issue. Think what you want. Holy Ghost is agreeing with you. People are being healed all over this place. You want to be healed. It's happening now. There's a warmness in your body. What's that is? That's the hand of God touching your body. There will be no more lack anymore. You now open up your wallet and you want to be in abundance of lack. You'll have to get a new wallet because it's filling up. The Holy Ghost is sealing this because you're believing, see. He said, tell many in here you can live as long as you want. You can live as long as you want. Death and life's in the power of your tongue. Speak life. Just live as long as you want. And if you finish, then go on home. If not, then stay. Transformation is coming. Transitioning is coming. Not because you're getting older, but it's because you're going to a higher place. You're going to a higher place. If my people will humble themselves, save the Lord and pray, I will do what you say. Say something. Give me a job and I'll do it. And I'll do it quickly if you let me. Now give the Lord a standing ovation. I hear, I hear babies crying. Somebody gonna have some babies. <laughs> Look at one lady. Not me, baby. <laughs> baby. Oh, babies are coming. 
I prayed for 14 ladies that couldn't have babies, so they all had them. One lady had a total hysterectomy. We're proving it with the doctor. Well, if he can give you the first uterus, why can't he give you the second one? I don't know how he did it. The lady came back with a bouncing baby boy in her hand and the doctor that took out her organs with the papers and said, I need to meet Jesus. I, I, I can't explain this. I said, neither can I. I said, but look at the fruit. Look at the little boy. And the little boy looking at me like. <laughs> that happened in Crowley, Louisiana. Word of Faith Church. There was a pastor there named Gerald Doggett. I'll never forget that. That boy today would probably be, oh, he has to be 40 years old again now. Total hysterectomy. Total. I saw the papers and the doctor that performed it. Don't tell me he can't. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? But she gave him a job. She said, I want a baby. I didn't know she had a total. Like I said, I know if a woman got a hysterectomy. And I, I didn't tell me that. A husband liked to pass out. He went, what are you doing? I didn't know what he was doing. I just thought maybe he didn't want to have a baby. I didn't know that his wife, she had had that, uh, what they call it, endometriosis, and he destroyed her body. And they had to take everything out. I mean, it was just, but she wanted a baby. That didn't stop her want. She got it. That's one of the biggest miracles, Kathy. And that other lady with that seven-pound blood tumor. Remember that? Lord said, to tell you this, I was doing a, a crusade, and I'd rented this uh, convention center there, and this lady had on maternity clothes. I thought she was pregnant. It looked like. Not a, not a real big woman. She's Methodist. I walked, and I said, God's going to touch you. Boom, she fell out, and her stomach went flat. I thought, where'd the baby go? I mean, I, 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 live, I, I mean, I look, I look and need to check. Jesus, the, the daughter screaming and hollering. Scream, remember that scream, like, Jesus. Finally, when it all kind of, the dust settled, I mean, the place was jam-packed full. The head of the Catholic Church was there, the archdiocese. Saw it happen. I said, what man? She said, sir, I'm not, I wasn't pregnant. I had a seven pound inoperable blood tumor. It was killing me. If, if they had to operate, I would have died immediately. And she said, look, the place went crazy again. Was it two years later? I went back to a church in that area. Me and Kathy were hungry. We were about ready to go home. And there was a, what do they call it? A pizza inn? Something like that. I said, let's stop at a pizza and get us something to eat. We stopped like that, and this lady comes, and she goes, hi. I said, hello. So we took off. She said, do you remember me? And I said, no. She said, I'm that lady that's with, that had that seven-pound inoperable tumor, and I'm still healed. Well, miracles, I can tell you something, son. I saw A.A. Allen lay his hand on a guy, and I was 14 years old bones busting and cracking. I heard a pow, pow. Guy was, I'm not talking barely, I'm talking 
gnarled up, crippled. And I heard him say, let him run like the prophet Elijah. I told my brother, let's get out of here, Jerry. Well, mama wanted to see all that, nothing me. I mean, I ran out there. I was scared. I've never seen nothing like that in my life. I saw that with my own eyes. You can't tell me miracles and healing don't work. You come too late. <laughs> Love casting out demons. That's the most fun. And them demons go, <laughs> I said, I had a guy come in one of my meetings. He, 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 he'd go to jail for this. He sacrificed the dog. Killed that dog. Blood everywhere. Jumped on me. We were rolling, rolling on the floor. Blood, dog, blood blowing. I will kill you, Jesse. You do nothing. I'm just enjoying my Get out! <laughs> he got born again. Free. And I said, now, get a water hose and wash that blood off that boy. People saw that. 3,200 of them at the Thibodeau Civic Center. They saw it. I'll never forget that priest when that lady goes, he goes, tell you something about the Catholic Church. They believe in healing. They believe in casting out devils. They are so close to Pentecost, you'd be surprised. Other than they, they pray to saints, you know, and, uh, you know, we don't do that, you know. What's the difference between the Catholic and the Protestant? One's got a crucifix, the other one's got an empty cross. <laughs> Can't have an empty cross without a crucifix. Can't have the crucifix without an empty cross. Catholic Church got seven sacraments. Protestant Church got two. Baptism and communion. One of the sacraments for the Catholic Church is confirmation. Anybody know what I'm talking about if you've been Catholic? You know what I'm talking about. But they all believe in Jesus. Why can't I get along with that? Why can't I just let my light so shine? I prayed at the Catholic Church, the Nunciata Catholic Church. God knocked out people. There was at least 30 people on the floor. They called three ambulances. They thought people dying. The Jesuits were there. Remember that guy? The Jesuits. People falling all over the floor. And I said, there ain't nobody hurt. This is the Holy Ghost touching people, ministering to people. And the, and the priest, the father of that church, yeah, I want you to pray for me. And I went to put my hand, and he grabbed me by the arms. I said, he said, the Jesuits here, I don't want to fall down. <laughs> Three ambulances. People don't know, they don't know. You want stories? I've been preaching 48 years. I've seen this stuff. You come too late to tell me this don't work. You come too late to tell me that I'm going to have financial problems. Your mama. What? This El Shaddai, not this El Cheapo, this God that, whoo, that I can't even imagine the wealth. But you got to be prepared to receive it when it comes. It takes time sometimes. But prepare yourself. Well, today we got over 422,000 partners to our ministry going all over the world from January 20th. Why am I saying this? Lord, Lord told me to say it. From January 2020 to the end of December 19, 2023, we've had over 64,035,318 people contact us on social media and views and all the different things. We're working 24-7 just to handle that. 
He's got to come in my lifetime. You'd have told me that 30 years ago, and I said, you don't lost your ever loving mind. Jan Crouch told me, well, people only knew the size of your ministry yesterday. That was years ago. I said, no, it has nothing to do with size. I said, Jan, all I want to do is the will of God. That's it. I ain't looking to be famous. I don't want any of that kind of junk. I just want to complete my destiny, reach my destination. So y'all teach people. Teach them that uncompromised word of God. Get so strong in them that when the test comes, it's nothing. It's nothing. In fact, you don't even pay attention to it. Because your eye, you focus on your priority, you eliminate all your confusion. One more word. Nancy, what do you want? That's what the Lord is telling me. He said, tell her this. No, no, no longer do you ask me for a need. Tell me what you want. And I'll do it. Now, how he does it, going to blow your socks off. God has used people in my midst I just never thought he would use. I'm trying to shut up here. This new plane, you got to be prepared for this thing. This is a big aircraft. So you need different kind of tugs to move that in. Because it weighs uh, 77,000 pounds. So, and then you got to typewrite your, 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 your pilots. Then you have to send your mechanics to school. So before the plane ever showed up, I, I got to spend $500,000 to receive it. I said, okay. I said, anything? Well, we also need a hydraulic mule. Can, can we just get a regular mule? <laughs> I think I could buy a real mule, a lot cheaper than this hydraulic mule. That's another 200 grand, 150,000 dollars, 125,000. So by the time I got finished, 800,000 dollars. I ain't even got the plane. This is Thursday, uh, just about I don't know, five weeks ago, something like that. I said that's right. So I'm talking to my aviation staff. I said we got to be prepared to receive this. I get up. I was there by the airport. I had my own offices and hangar at the airport, as well as the offices at the ministry. Anyway, while we're there, FedEx calls us. And they say, uh, Mr. DePlanis, you got a package here. We're supposed to deliver it to you on Monday, but we got it early. And they, you know, we, we ship out stuff all the time. You know what I mean? They said, if you'll send Fritz, who works for me, Fritz, my oldest employee, he's going to be with me 40 years in April. He said, send Fritz and we'll just give it to him and he can bring it to you. I hadn't asked God for that money. I just found out I had to spend that money. I didn't have time to ask God for that money. That eight hundred something thousand dollars. I said, oh, okay. So I called Fritz. Fritz said, I'll go pick it up, boss. So I said, well, look, so I dismissed my meeting and I go home. This is maybe 10 minutes later, 15 minutes. Here comes Fritz, here's the package. I don't know what's in it. Open up the package. And there's a check in there for a million dollars. And the Lord said, Isaiah, before you ask, 
I'll answer. Before I got the invoice, I got the money. He's ahead of us. He's ahead of us. I called the boys. I said, hey, guess what? You know all that stuff you just ordered? It's all paid for. We got a million dollars. I'm looking at a million dollar check. I didn't have time to pray. I didn't have time to ask, Nancy, tell him what you want. People gonna think you're a little nuts, it's all right. They think you're nuts anyway, because you believe in healing. And you know, you gotta be better than me because you're a woman, ain't that stupid? Yeah, well, she's a woman, well, you didn't notice that? Like as if, why does a woman have to be much stronger and much better than a man? Because Josh Myers broke that man's world. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. God calls you. That's what you do. So I paid all that. Well, the other day they told me, they said, nah, Reverend, I said, I want to change all the interior. Don't have to. It's beautiful. But I want to put me and Kathy in there. How much is that going to be? I'm going to just tell you, $895. Found that out January the 1st, when nobody's at the office. It's New Year's Day. January the 2nd, I got a million dollar check again. Before I can get it over there, that's paper. The Lord said, I told you, I'll give you the plane, I'll give you the money, I'll give you the upgrades. I said, you're not getting, I don't have time to ask. He said, I'm in a hurry, Jesse. Just receive it. Boom. Sent that over there. Took care of that. Next. Then a lady called me. I heard you bleeding for 20 million. You know, I never wrote a million, $20 million check, but I can. I'm going to be praying about that. And I thought, okay. <laughs> Oh, I know. I mean, they got this money, son. But I don't look at her just so I can get money from her. She's just, I've never met her. I don't even know what she looks like. I've never had a partner meeting in my life. I didn't have to. I didn't have to ask. God sent them to me. I want to do some partner meetings. So I let the cat this year. I said, I want to miss some meet and greets. I want to meet some people. I want, I want to meet these people. Who are you? Who I am? Remember the word last night, the unconscious obedience of the unbeliever. If believers won't do it, an unbeliever will. And God will bless the unbeliever. Thank you, Nancy. That's the word of the Lord. I just, I'm finished. I could, I could flow in the Holy Lord said, no, no. They prayed. They gave me a mission. Dreams have no expiration dates. Tell him what you want. And I don't care how much it is because he didn't ask you to pay for it. He asked you to believe for it. And then get to this point. You live in, what's this, Marietta, Temecula? I don't know which one it is. <laughs> You know, the, F, uh, the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation will only cover your finances. In one bank, $750,000. You know, 
your, your 250, your husband 250, and then you do a joint account, and that's 750. After that, the bank goes broke, you lose your money. That's what they say. Let me help you. Get to a point that you, ha that you can still live in Marietta and Temecula, wherever it's at, but you have to go to other cities for other banks because you don't want to, you don't want to invest your money in Wall Street, fine. I just want cash, I want, I, I want CDs, I don't know, whatever you want. T-bills, you know, whatever. That you gotta go to different cities to fill the banks up. I had a friend of mine who went home to be with the Lord. He had money in 86 banks. Preacher, 86. He said, I had to leave the town because I just fell in them up. He just wanted cash. He went home to be with the Lord. His son said, you know how hard it was to get 86 bank? They stood up. Man, I didn't know dad had all this. He's given millions to missions, his son. Millions. So is his father. I got involved with him in Malawi, Africa. He thought I believed it. He said, Jesse's prospering. He's got Perrier at his book and tape table. <laughs> what is that? He said, you want to go with me to Malawi? I said, yeah. He said, I, I said, I'm going to get involved. I said, I can't go physical, but I said, I'll get involved in missions outreach. We started in Malawi. It was 90% Muslim. We didn't go to the people. We went to the president. We started high. Today, it's 80% Christian. You get the president saved. You get the cabinet saved. You get the Congress saved. You're going to get the country saved. That's how he thought. I like that kind of thinking. Stretch forth your hand, Sister Nancy. Father, I thank you today. Kathy, put your hand on Nancy. I thank you today, Lord, that all dreams come to pass for this lady. You have called and sanctioned her and honored her. Every dream, no struggle in any way, shape, or form. Speed up the time, Lord. Let her do what she needs to do. Destiny and destination. Grant her extreme favor. That means more partners, more friends. Just people just loving to hear her speak. Bless her. And the people that hook up with her, bless them. That it was all said and done. We'll all look up and see you coming in the cloud. Because we finished our destiny and, and reached our destination. Let it be this day, Lord. Put angels on assignment, God. Right now, California time is four minutes to 12. Put them angels on assignment for great and extreme favor for Nancy's ministry, her church, and all the other traveling parts of it, and whatever she does. And personally, too. Her home and whatever she wants. I, I, don't, I don't know, just whatever she wants. And I thank you for it. And God, I'm going to believe that Nancy's going to give me and Kathy a call and say, guess what? We got it. Here we go. I believe that, Lord. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Give the Lord a standing ovation.
We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.